I'm going to tell you guys this. Somebody DM me and they asked me, did I want to be on this reality show? And like, it was legit. Like it was a scout. They were like, you fit the criteria, the demographic we're seeking. DM us back if you be, you know, considered, you want to be considered for casting. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm not going to be imping and simping on some damn fuckboy island 2.0. So, anyway, uh, but, uh, Zeus Network. Yeah, like, I'm Zeus not doing stupid <laughs> shit. Come on. Nah, you know what's funny? So, during the pandemic, during the pandemic, um, I made it to Final Round of Love is Blind season two. And I was all about it. Like, I want to show love for, you know, being a cluster size male, all this other stuff. But yeah. then thinking through it, right, I didn't realize, yes, maybe I can find a love of my life and this would be perfect. This is my story. But can I deal with the backlash, right? Not everyone's going to love me, right? How are they going to edit me? And can I be like, you know, chilling at home and all of a sudden I see the comments like, fuck that man. Like, this is a random person. Can my ego handle that? And honestly, I backed out because I didn't know if I was ready to be a public figure for something mm-hmm. that I wasn't trying to be a public figure for. Right. And Dave shows it's like, wow, I actually believe in the science or whatever it's doing. But then do I believe that person in Kansas who's wrote a whole blog about me, right? That was tough. So I backed <laughs> away from it because I couldn't handle the fact of my life's a public figure. The more I go, I go to work. Oh, you're the love is blind guy. LA. Like, no, yeah. like you know too much about me. And I don't want you to know that. And I just couldn't handle the public figure. And I think that's the big thing with fame or anything is like, no matter how big or small. MLK with random people commenting on my life the way they want to. Right. Ty, yeah. what are you doing for the holidays? What are you doing for uh, Christmas and New Year's? Uh, Christmas right now, um, it's a double dip between spending time with some friends in D.C., family, and New Year's. I'm trying to be out somewhere. That sucks. Just out and about just <laughs> living up. I'm trying to get, you know, a black great Gatsby. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I feel you. Listen, listen. You you find this the place. You invite your boys. All right. Hey, let's do Joey, it. Joey, what are you doing? What are you doing for Christmas and New Year's? If we do um we do family stuff, then I end up going um just staying more local, and then we'll I'll probably be in Pennsylvania. Uh, you could you could find me at your your local King of Prussia Mall, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nice. <laughs> Nice. Well, I mean, I traveled all summer, so I've I've just been on my chill. I'm reclaiming my black time. I'm off work till next year, so I'm just going to be on the couch watching uh, Black Cake and and some cheesy Christmas movies. Yo, do y'all watch those cheesy Christmas movies? Joey, I know. Listen, I know Brittany has you watching those movies. Yeah, you got to watch a Christmas story. A Christmas story has to happen at least one time every Christmas. You got to shoot your eye out every shoot your eye out every Christmas. You know. You know, you gotta do the black you gotta do the black versions was from BET. But honestly, my new like favorite genre is the um hood movies on Amazon Prime, where it's someone from Detroit, 20k budget, you see the boom mic in it, but it's always about like plug love or something like that. And you're just like, I wanna turn oh, away, but this is fire. It's the Tubi movies, like wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say that the Tubi movies, yeah, nah, those are those are those are kind of crazy. They're, <laughs> they're really good crazy. though. Like some of them are really good. Like the the plot lines are just they remind me of African movies. Mm-hmm, they are Hollywood yeah. and the and the, the Ghanaian <laughs> movies. Yeah, that's what they remind me of. I mean, I watch the the holiday movies, but they start to be predictable after a while because it's like he or she has a big important job, comes home for the holidays. 
links up with the guy or the girl they liked in high school, mm-hmm. can't stand each other, love each other, fight, get engaged, and scene. But you yeah. know, now I, I could share this with you guys. Something dawned on me the other day, and this isn't even with the Christmas movies. Like, don't don't but 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 don't those regular Lifetime movies look like black horns? Ah, like- see, see, see. It's the same lens filter. Like it's the same lens filter. The actresses are like nondescript. The music be the same. Like I was watching one the other night with the crazy psycho uh, yoga instructor. And it was the scene where they had the threesome. And I'm like, yo, it's giving blacked. (laughs) I-Y-K-Y-K. Speaking of porn. Have you guys seen the AI porn? That people are generating now. I've never seen AI porn, but because I'm a porn enthusiast, that's like a don't tell anybody. Um, oh, Joey, they know now. They, yeah. Joey, they knew when you came on the the, the camera. They knew uh, that um that I that I'm into the uh, the occult life. Yeah, I'm into everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. They everything knew about Kai I'm, too. I'm cool with it. So um, they have anime porn. I'm into anime, so they have that too. So I guess that's like AI porn also. <laughs> I mean, but this, Kai, have you seen it? Have you seen the AI porn? I haven't. And I'm, like, I'm more of a vanilla guy. Matt Gaskin's a little exotic, but nothing too crazy. Okay. You know? <laughs> All right. All but right. I, I hope you guys point... are ready. Because <laughs> I'm going to show you something. I'm not going to put this up in the video, but I'm just going to. Okay. So this is what's going this is what's going on in AI porn. Look, 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 look at her head. No, this is what's going on. And then they got, I mean, this is, see, this isn't for me. Cause this, this shit is real uncanny. That looks more like 3D porn. They have 3D porn that's like that. Like it's, it's like. But it's nuts though. Like why is her head like completely swiveled around like on some exorcist shit? Yeah. Like, and, and, and look at this. They got things coming out of places that shouldn't be like that. Oh, they got hand penises. <laughs> a hand cock. That's a hand cock. For sure. I can't. No, no king I just, shaming. No king shaming. <laughs> this, is, this is just it's too much. It's, it's way too much. I mean, anyway, but with the Christmas movies, I mean, if Tatiana Ali or Keisha Knight Pulliam are in the movies, I'll watch because Ashley and Rudy are still my crushes. Mm-hmm. I love a brown skin cutie. All right. But Joey put me on to this documentary called Torn. And Torn is about a rock climber named Alex Lowe who perished in an avalanche in Tibet back in 1999. His best friend and climbing partner, Conrad Anker, survived the avalanche. And after uh, Alex's death, Conrad and Alex's widow, Jenny, fell in love and married. Now, here's the question of the day, question of the week, probably the question of the century. If you were to die in a freak accident, Kai, does your homie get your blessing to link up with your mate? That's a tough one, but if it's they find comfort in overcoming Remember Me together, I guess so. Like, hey, I'm not there to stop their happiness. <laughs> I mean, you're dead. How can you? Exactly. But in all honesty, though, it's it's. I think it, even relations, right? You protect your boy's girl, right? If my boy's not around and my, his girl, I'll make sure she's all right and she's good. In the same way, this is them doing the ultimate respect of doing so. <laughs> I'm not around for definitely making sure she's all right. Um, you know, I think honestly, it, it's tough because I'm not there, 
but life, it's like even you get five hundred down, life moves on. Life's gonna go on with them here or not. So hey, more power to them. You know, make sure my my kids remember me. <laughs> Joey, what about you? Are you, it are was you allowing your homie to, I, to, to, I, to I, take on the beautiful After seeing that movie and reflecting on it, it's like there was a lot that was going on. So it was like a perfect storm. One, they one the dude had survivor guilt while the widow, she was really grieving hard at the time. And they had a trauma bond connection that brought them together. And then because basically the question is, do you believe in trauma bonds? And is that a is that a real is that a real thing to like, like, is that real love or just because they were like in that trauma bond? That's the reason why they're together. Like it can be a lot of different ways that you can digest that. But also she had small kids. She had a lot going on with her that the absence of that male figure was very prevalent. It was very like he was a big part of their lives. He was a provider. He helped them establish the life that they did have and things like that. They also have three small children together and him not being there was definitely a big blow to the family dynamic that they had. So the best friend actually stepping in kind of helped facilitate like basically their family can continue to roll on as normal because that place was never vacant. It was a, it was only vacant and that, that spot got refilled very quickly. So in that sense, it worked out where I think it gets kind of problematic is that those kids are the, the guy that died, but because they were so young, the only father figure they know is the new guy. So they call him dad, which that blew my mind. I'm like, that's not your dad, my dude. That's definitely not your dad. That's not your dad. But that is his dad because that's the only father figure I ever knew. The other guy wasn't there because he was always climbing and then he died prematurely. So I can see how it happened and I can understand. And I just think it was a lot of different circumstances that came that court like that came together at the same time to make it be like that. But it's still a very crazy story for sure. So I mean, would you be cool with your homie? Getting with your lady after your death. Also, I'm I'm dead. You would yeah. you can do whatever you want. You're not going to come back from the dead and and you know shake no. and rattle chains. I mean, they also because if you at the towards the end of the movie, they they gave him his respect. They didn't like yes. spit on his grave. Like yes, they, they once did. they found out they could find his body because he was he was lost to the mountain, and then yeah. they end up finding his body. And they had a whole base. They basically had a whole goodbye ritual for him. Like as his last, like, as a last peace offering type of thing. And I and I think that's, I think that's where it is. They at least respected, like, they at least respected him enough to at least give him a final goodbye. And the the way the friend made it seem, he said that I'm doing all of this, like, yes. It, it also is, it also is a little bit selfish that he, basically, because that guy always wanted that type of dynamic in his life. He wanted the family life. He didn't, like, he was single, that dude, like, basically, he saw his friend's life and he always wanted all of that. And then when he died, he kind of embraced all of that, which is like more for him, but also it also helped everybody else out. So it's kind of like one hand washes the other type of thing. So I think it, it a, a tragic situation and a little bit of selfishness end up helping everybody else out. So I mean, the the day, it helps everybody. It was kind of sus, though, like how he just moved in on Jenny and the kids. But I mean, for mm -hmm. me, I wouldn't care because I'm not here. You have my blessing to go and be happy, even in life. Like, say I lost function of my penis or I no longer had sexual desire. Go find someone 
that you can be fulfilled with on some Hulk, Hogan, and Bubba type time. But but Torn is a tearjerker. And, and Joey, I know the cancer crab and you had you boiling like a baby. No, I just thought it was, at first when, when they were talking about it, because I thought, because they do look similar also. I thought yes. that he, yes. I thought he was the dad at first. Yeah. He was like. The kids it, more, look more like him than they did their father. Yes. That's why I was yeah. like, I was like, it's, I didn't think he died until they said, well, when did you and mom really start to get together? And I'm saying, what? That's not the husband? Like, no, that's the best friend. Like, oh, now, now I got set back. Now I got, I was like, okay, now, now we're cooking bacon. Now we're cooking. I mean, sure. me personally, I'm not exploring like that. I'm good. The most I'm doing is prospect pork on a Saturday night and I damn near died doing that. <laughs> But the lesson is to not ignore your instinct. Like Alex ignored his instinct. To he said he didn't want to go that time too. Right. And then him and David and Conrad ignored their instincts. They went out, uh, you know, instead of staying at camp. But you mm -hmm. know, Torn reminded me, Joey, of this other movie I saw as a kid called Alive. It was about the rugby team and their plane crashed in the Andes. They ran out of food and they had to eat their friend who mm. died to survive. And mm -hmm. there used to be a commercial for Andy's mints and they were mimicking that shit. Like it was horrible. Like they were <laughs> food and the guy starts popping Andy's and then, um, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. But then um, 127 hours, um, that was another movie it reminded me of with James Franco. We had to cut his arm off. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, Cause he was, he was in the ice. The ice yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, listen, sometimes you just got to cut things to free yourself or save your show. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess I needed to go with my instincts as well. You know, you know. But mm -hmm. thanks for the recommendation, Joey. And guys, check out Torn. It's on Hulu. You know what else um, is a tearjerker, though? The Whale. Did you guys see The Whale with uh, Brendan uh, Fraser? Brendan Fraser? No. Yeah. I heard it. that. No. Man. I mean, aside from it being shot so well, and, and Brendan Fraser definitely deserved that Oscar, there was this binge eating scene. And I don't want to give away too much, but oh my God, like that shit was so accurate. Like for anyone who struggled with their weight, like you know exactly what that shit was about. But you know, I got to say this because this has just been on my mind since you told me about this movie. Torn reminded me of Brokeback Mountain in a way. And this is, I'm just going to say this. This is what I learned at my big age about sex. It's not about the actors, it's about the act. Like when you're in a space with someone, like a long isolated trip or prison, you're human. And eventually you act on urges. It doesn't make you sus. I mean, people always talk about a mind fuck and that's just what sex is. It's a mental, physical connection. But anyway, um, we've got this new segment here on the show. It's called It's Giving. And I know that's a phrase that everyone uses now, but it originated like most things in the black LGBTQ community. And you know, we like to be inform informative and insightful here. So I'm gonna show you guys these pictures. They're these two guys from Atlanta, um, Brian Sanchez and, and Denzel Seegers, who got leg lengthening surgery. Okay, so this is the one guy, this is Brian. So you can see he was six foot, now he's six six. Mm -hmm. And now this is Denzel. Denzel was 5'5", five five, and now he's six foot. So the surgeries are done in Turkey. They cost anywhere from 80 to to $100,000. Now, social media went in on these dudes 
talking about they got knee BLs and calling them mentally ill. Mm -hmm. So Brian said that despite being taller than average, he thought his legs made him look like the character Thumb Thumb from uh, Spy Kids. And he wanted to be significantly taller than his wife so that they wouldn't be at eye level. And Denzel said he was tired of women rejecting him for his height. Joey, what's it giving? It's giving that it's giving that they 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 everybody has a self is giving self-esteem issues. That's what it's giving. It's giving self-esteem issues. Because I I I know this Haitian dude that's four eleven. He's small dude. But he has a beautiful family. It he he could use the he could use the weight of the world of him being short, like, oh no, but no, he like I'm just short. But I still do everything like a regular person. It's almost like a midget. Do we feel bad for midgets being midgets? No, midgets are people too. And yes, they might have different obstacles to go through, but at the end of the day, they still have they have to they have to live through that experience. So how they navigate through that is how they navigate. So if they have to get a stepping stool or whatever to help them get to navigate through that life, then that's perfectly fine. It's pretty much the same thing. These guys felt that their height is too small. The, there's a there's something that they can do about it. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. But if there's something that they can do about it and they have the means to do it, then there's nothing wrong with that. And body modification, it's only cool when it's piercings and tattoos. But now if I cut my tongue in half or if I start looking like the tiger or lizard man and now I'm going crazy. Or now if I if a girl gets a BBL, that's cool. But if I get... If I get cool scoped in because I want my six pack to pop out, now nah, I'm a weirdo. Like, see, body modification only works as if it's an accepted part of the modification field. You know what I mean? And that's where it's like, that's where I feel like it's problematic. But I'm also very, I'm not the tallest guy. I'm only five, six, five, seven. That's, that's a little bit below average, but. I think I'm funnier than the average person. So my funniness and my coolness make up for me for my lack of shortness. So when I was back in the dating game, I used to tell people I'm shorter than what I was. So I used to like, I used to, that would be like my little gimmick. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm five foot nothing. Like, oh, I don't like guys that are five foot nothing. Well, then you're not gonna like me then. And then the people that would give me a chance, you're not five foot nothing. Why would you tell me that? Because it will show you if you would care or not. Obviously, you don't care, and obviously, we're here, and I'm not five nothing. And now, all of that pre, all of that preamble type of mentality is going to be gone because you don't, because I'm not that. You know what I mean? Kai, what's it giving? Mental health. Mental health is real. <laughs> like honestly, I think with my medications, what is it about me that physically, if it's if it's you know non needed cosmetic surgery. What is it that I can't get over, right? Because I can get the knee surgery, but am I still attacking? I still can't get women, right? So what is it now? I'm tall enough, but I still can't get women. Or, you know, people are like, oh, I got the surgery, but now I regret it, right? I get all the people that have, like, the bot surgeries, right? You're, you're doing it, but you're not doing it safely. There's a reason that I need to get society, my partner. Someone's telling me that, hey, let's talk through the issues. Why do I feel this way? Maybe help me feel better about how I see myself in the mirror. If not, let's go straight to the surgery table, and then we get results, and now you're like, you know, you look at the show Bosch. The first one, okay, cool. The second one, now, why are you first for your surgery? And now you're just getting some fixed, fixed, fixed. But now you're adding to the issue you had already because now what you want to fix is now uglier. 
Uh, it's honestly just mental health. Yeah, it's, it manifests itself in so many different ways. You know, we either have major problems, little problems. But like, hey, I'm a short man. How do I feel? How do I feel more confident in my life if I am short? Maybe my therapist can help me through that. But honestly, doing all these different things, you know, my wife to be taller. Who's who said you look like thumbs? Like that's you coming out of left field. That's still. <laughs> You're and weird. he's clearly like, like into his but look because he, he's a bodybuilder. This guy, like he, I didn't see anything wrong with him. But okay, so this is what it's giving to me. It's giving South Park. I'm a dolphin. Do you guys remember that episode? None of us. Oh know. my lord! So the dad <laughs> gets like this this surgery to become a dolphin. Like one of the other, the, the Mr. Garrison. I think he he got his legs lengthened or some. Anyway, jokes aside, I'm not even going to go in on these two. They're good looking dudes. But everyone has something they're insecure about. And the message in the music is to be kind. Like some chick told Denzel she didn't like him because he was short. And he internalized that shit for years. So, I mean, we got guys out here telling girls their pussies are ugly. I mean, only toxic people weaponize things that people can't change. But like I said earlier, technological advancements are going in the wrong direction. Like, can we regenerate limbs already? Like, what about organs or, or hearing or sight, you know? But there should be nothing wrong with, if a girl can get a BBL, then I can get, I can get- You can get I a can BBL. Get a six pack. I can get a, or I can get a BBL or whatever. I, can, I should be able to get my fake six pack if a girl can get a BBL. I agree. I mean, listen, anyway, these guys are brave, brave as hell. Like I've done elective procedures myself and that's a big risk in general being put under and then having to recover and then you run the risk of infection and clots and all of that. Then to be roasted by social media. I mean, that's another thing in and of itself. But what we, while we do need to normalize men getting work, I don't know, my mind just always goes back to the active shooter. Like I just imagine one of those guys is at the mall, you know, shopping or trying to get some exercise. And if they had to run and they're not fully healed, their legs would break and they'd be trampled. I mean, I can't help that my mind works like this, but you know, like this, we live in America. But now, as far as me, like as far as my height, like I always wanted to be six three, six four. So I bought these stupid like sneaker boots from ASOS, thinking they would give me like the two or three inches I wanted <laughs> for ASOS Live. <laughs> and I only got an inch, but I mean, they're comfortable. So I wear them like everywhere. But, but and by the way, I put the pics back up of the guys who had the uh, surgeries. And you can see that their arms are still proportioned to their original heights. And also I see like some edema in the pics. But anyway, unless you were born with a defect, everything on your body is proportionate. Like your forearm length is the length of, is your shoe size. Um, here I go with this, the science lessons. You, listen, you know I keep coming with deeper and more shit. I can't right, help it. Like, <laughs> I can't yeah, help right, it. But no, seriously, <laughs> look, look, look. And then, and then if you do this, if you go from your elbow, to your fingertips, that is one quarter of your height. So if you go from your elbow to your to like the longest finger that you have, that's one quarter of your height. Like if you take your thumb, if you do this, look at what I'm doing right now. If you do this, this is the length of your nose bridge. So someone who had a nose job, they can't do this. But if you go like this. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, see? And then your nose, is halfway between your hairline and your chin. And the space between your eyes right here, that's one eye. And then the space between your eye and your ear, let me go this way, eye and your ear, that's one ear. And that's like just on your face. Because now your chest is like halfway between your genitals and the top of your head. 
And it's as wide as a quarter of your height. And so like, think of it this way. If a standard door, right, is 80 inches, or that's six foot six, then a six foot person's head is gonna come to like the top of the inner square. And I hope you app daters are paying attention for the, when the folks lie about how tall they are. <laughs> but I mean, I haven't even gotten to like scapular positioning and, and shoulder to crotch limb, crotch to heel. Like, listen, I'll be dropping signs like, like, like you put this Cosby drop PowerPoint slide for me, like just. <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you. Like somebody, listen, somebody's got to drop facts on these platforms. I mean, listen, SAG after is off strike for Hollywood still using AI. ASOS is out here lying. Radio Cats is catching Rico charges. DC niggas is trying to carjack Secret Service. Horses is getting loose on the planes. ShopRite got their seafood department up escorting customers with crab legs up to the registers. Nah. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. But I mean, listen, at least they got turkey legs. Yeah, let's go. Well, wait, did you get it? At least they got turkey legs. They went to Turkey <laughs> to get the leg. Okay. Well, by the way, shout out to uh, the guy, Denzel. He's a Navy vet. Yo, man, I got to take a nap after this. Like, I was up early this morning, Black Friday shopping. Yo, they jumped the cashier this morning. So listen, this is how I went down. This is how I went down. I'm like three spots back in the line with my cart. And these five girls just roll up and they on the cashier and they just start punching it in the head. So at first I'm thinking it's like, you know, like a neighborhood beef or some shit. You know, because this is this happened at Club Walmart. And Joey, you know, this is the Walmart everybody and their mom goes to. You in Philly, you know which one I'm talking about. So I'm in line. And these sisters is just molly whopping her. And before you all get started, wow, why didn't you break them up? Like, I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. You don't break people. Why? I don't jump in. Beat. Crazy. But, but I did call 911. I did call 911. So they're just rolling on her. And she's not even really like fighting back. Like she just had her hands up, like trying to protect her face. And so the girls got like a bunch of windmills in and, and you know, then they bounced. But wait, but wait, why, why did one of the girls when she was running out, she just grabbed like a handful of plastic bags. Like she damn, she damn near broke the bag holder, like trying to steal the bags. And I guess her instinct was like, let me steal something before I get out of here because I ain't never coming back. So we're all just in shock. So the lady in front of me, she had like this little flip phone out trying to record and I'm like, you're not getting no 4K. Nah, <laughs> not on that so then this other lady, she comes up and I think she was like a manager or something. And she like waddled over and gave her like a bottle of water. And I'm like, that's not going to help us. She got just got an ass beat. Like, that's not going to do shit. <laughs> so, so listen, so this is the crazy shit. How about 911 had me on hold? And when the dispatcher finally picked up, she's like, oh, we got that call already. And then she banged on me. Mm-hmm. Like just real fucking nasty and surly. And I really hope the city council really does do something about that. But anyway, so I'm in line and I see my fat brother. I'm like, oh shit, fine. I know you worked here. He come over like, Chris, what you doing down here? And so I'm telling him what happened. And he works there in loss prevention. And so he said that earlier, one of the girls um, who came there she to, to fight the girl. She was in line checking out and she felt like the cashier had an attitude with her. So they exchanged words or whatever. And then, you know, the girl said, oh, I'm coming back with my friends and, or my cousins or whatever. And cashier said, do it. I and she just went on about a day. <laughs> so he said the manager did ask her, did she want to finish her shift, you know, at another store? And she said, I ain't on no punk shit. And so she stayed. And I mean, at least they offered because some stores would have just let their staff get washed. And I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I always say those who leave are those who win. But anyway, um, 
I was like, you know, the girl stole some bags, and he gonna say, nah, they stole her. And I'm like, <laughs> shout out to my frat brother. I'm not gonna put your name out there, but you a nut five. It's crazy because I usually don't like going out when I know it's gonna be crowded. Like especially with, like I said, with these mass shootings and everything. Like I'm on high alert. But the moral of the story is. Stop thinking it's punk ass to get out of Dodge. Protect yourselves. Those who leave are those who win. And yo, he said they would have escorted her to the other store if she wanted to go. And also, I'm going to lean in on this one. If you're a black cashier, speak to other black people when we get in your line. Don't just be pleasant with the white folks. Be pleasant with us too. Like, don't get Keith Lee at work, even though that's probably not the worst thing that could happen. Like, the worst thing is getting... Jumped at your job by six crack baby hood rats who ain't got nothing to lose. But I didn't even buy anything, honestly, that I couldn't have waited until Cyber Monday for. I'm like, man, I got to get home. I got to get out of here. I got to do the show. But the other thing is, too, I could have gone to self-checkout. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they have these scanners now. They look like phones. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing on those phones is they're watching everything you buy and, and scan and they check your total. And like, let's say somebody shoplifts, all of those phones jam up. And then they got to go to everyone's station. And it's just a whole fiasco. And I'd rather just honestly just have somebody else bag up my stuff and scan it so I can get out of there. And one, one more thing. FYI, Black Friday is not tied to slavery. Stop believing everything you read on Facebook and in the, in the IG gossip sites. Like, you got to do your research, like, seriously. But I saw this meme on Black Friday, and it said, um, Dear Black Friday, we all have flat screens put those groceries on sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, facts. I mean, bro, milk is $7. Like, I'm straight about to just be vegan. Are you still you know the price of sale? Yo, all right, Joey, this is for you. There's a spot in Philly that my homegirl told me about. They sell an oxtail cheesesteak. Mm. The shit is $35, though. No. And here's but the other it's because thing. the oxtail being the 35 I could see why it's $35. But my... here's the deal. It's not full of oxtail. It's a cheesesteak that they put a little bit of oxtail on top of. Okay. It's not like you get full oxtail on the cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. $35. Yeah, I'm good. Um, shout out to my homegirl who told me about that. Um, let me know how that steak was because I, I you, you want that's all that's all you want. But anyway, before we go, before we go, I'd be remiss. If I did not acknowledge that 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Now, the Chris Davis show was on break during the summer while all the festivities were underway. But I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite hip hop records? My brother raised me on Nas. Like, that was his favorite guy. Like, we're anti Jay Z and stuff like that. Of course, we respect Jay Z work and stuff like that. But he, I, I, I grew up on a lot of like New York hip hop and things like that. And, um, What's funny about that is that like some of the stuff that like comes to my mind isn't like some of the most mainstream stuff. Like I like some old 50 Cent. 50 Cent, that that some of that stuff still rocks, you know what I mean? So I like um like you're just talking about like some like older stuff, like if like Nas has like newer stuff, he has like Magic One, Two, and Three. Those albums are all fire. He had the King's Disease One, Two, and Three, like. He's been putting out good quality music and also, and these are like more recently, these aren't like super old. These aren't like the, this is not like Stillmatic, Illmatic, 
um hip-hop is dead like old stuff this is like more like recent stuff so that's always good i bang with drake that him and sexy red that hands on your knees shit that shit that shit good that, that's a club yeah. banger you know i went to a sexy red concert that was just so much energy and live but i think it's not, not their records it's like things about the culture of hip-hop i miss dot pit the mixtape culture drought coming out wayne dipset like these iconic like moments mm-hmm. of faction where you can go back and be like man remember when joel joel's supposed to save the game joel santana was supposed to be that guy it didn't happen but still those moments where you're just hyped for you know clockwork that when jeezy first got on the scene you know mm-hmm. really seeing when gucci got lost away waka all these iconic moments where you know again the, our old school now you put, oh, let's do it on. We all go ham on it, you know? I just those like kind of moments where they were new. It felt fresh. And now looking back, it's nostalgia. A lot of stuff, you know? And, you know, and so that's what I miss where how the what when I grew up in hip hop, what it was, what it is. I wanna see someone body someone else's beat. You know, I don't wanna see all these little EP, the drills, the remixes of the remix of the remix, all this other stuff. I wanna see someone go bar for bar, pop thirty two on something real quick. You know, we had your favorite rappers, four people on the beat. Who's going to end it, you know? But, um, you know, honestly, I think, but that's what hip-hop is. It's meant to evolve from where you have the scratch and the DJ in my first game to what it is. And maybe that's me being my old headness where if I don't get it, I just don't like it necessarily. And so I'm learning how do I adapt because Jay ain't getting no younger, Fab ain't getting no younger, you know, Wheezy, he had, what, two or three dreads left? But... where you know i've over time but i think you know i will be seeing little wayne when he's 60 on stage rap (laughs) like i'm gonna be there i'm gonna go do it you know we the f baby the f is for phenomenal i'm gonna be there (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys know know i'm with the shits you both know i'm with the shits but it's the culture you know i think it's not the music it's what it represents you know the fashion the way we talk the way we interact you know, future is still a menace out here. <laughs> yeah, it's man. all that and above, but that's, I think, what it represents more so just a specific song. So, this is what just always blows my mind about hip hop is that what we know was born in a community room. And that's just very symbolic because how many times have we gone down to the community room or to a community center for a birthday party or a going away party or a baby shower or to some other get together. And I mean, you couldn't get in unless your name was on the list. So, but for me, I like anything that fuses hip hop with another genre, specifically like dancehall, R&B house. Like I still go hard for my straight up hip hop records. But for me, it's the records like The Jam, P is Still Free, Dolly My Baby, Ghetto Red Hot, Take It Easy. Think, romantic call, nothing but love. And I mean, rest in peace to Heavy D. He was actually the first one to do the video with all the models. Some people think it's Q-Tip, but it was Heavy. Shout out to Q-Tip too. But um, Funk That, uh, shout out to the illustrious Blacks. They remade Funk That. And I used to get in trouble for rapping that shit in class. Like I knew all the words and I would add words. And I'll share that sometimes, just not today. Um, but what else? Uh, Buffalo Stance, The Chubster. Rhythm is a Dancer, The Power, 3AM Eternal, 
which is like truly an early dubstep record. Like guys like Skrillex studied that record. Mm-hmm. Um, I Can't Stand It, which is a legendary obscure banger. Love Bug Starsky, you gotta believe. And yo, when I was a kid, I had this toy called a Talkboy. It was a tape recorder that uh, Kevin had in Home Alone. Remember that? Yep. Remember the, the tape recorder? Mm-hmm. So I'd be on it, right? With You Gotta Believe playing in the background. And it was like the playoffs. It was like the Mets playoffs or something. And everybody's running around talking about, yeah, you gotta believe. And so I had a record on. And, I, and, I'm, in, and I'm in the Talkboy. I'm like, yeah, fuck the Mets. You gotta believe in my big cock. And you hear my mom. <laughs> In the background, going Chris, watch out! And like it, 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 that record, that's is wild. That record was in D minor, and my D was a minor back then. But anyway, <laughs> rest in peace to Love Bucks, Starsky. I got to see if I still have that tape. I probably bring this record up every time we talk about music. But Crash Goes Love, Lolita Holloway was Planet Rock and Play at Your Own Risk, and those were freestyle records. I'll say it again, specifically to the Hispanics in Miami. Freestyle came from the same place and people as hip-hop did. We can't forget the love Shaka showed to hip-hop either. Shaka stayed having hip-hop breakbeats. This is my night, which it takes uh, two sample. Kid and Play sample Ain't Nobody on Last Night. Daylai had Shaka on All Good. Big said what he said about Shaka on Dreams, and I'm not going to repeat it because the cuss bank is looking crazy already. I don't need any more strikes. She was definitely in the hip-hop clubs back in the day. Latin quarters. We love Shaka here at the Chris David show, but the R&B influence in hip hop is a whole show in itself. Shout out to Mac Wilds and Nathaniel, Staten Island BK stand up. Anyhow, guys, get those health screens, prostate and testicular, but also get those physicals. Get those A1Cs and lipids check, get that blood pressure in check. If you're 50 today, happy birthday. You need to be scheduling that colonoscopy. If you have a mouth, schedule that dentist visit. If you have a head, schedule that eye exam. It's our job to look out for one another and hold each other accountable. Also, next Friday, December 1st, is World AIDS Day. This is your official Chris David Show reminder to do your big one and go out and get tested. For more information, visit HIV.gov or contact your, your, your healthcare provider. If you don't have anything to be ashamed of and there are people here to support you, like Damo Jones says, wrap it up. I need to make a retraction, though, from our episode uh, the friends of the show, Chandra Smith, Ms. Wheelchair, America 2024. We mentioned that Chandra was the first um, Black Ms. Wheelchair America in the organization's 50-year history. That statement was not true. Dr. Gaynell Colburn of Baltimore, Maryland, became the first Black woman to win the title of Ms. Wheelchair America in 1984. Ten years prior to winning the title, Dr. Colburn became paraplegic after she was hit by a drunk driver in an auto accident at 16. Dr. Colburn, Ms. Wheelchair America 1985, has a PhD and an MD certification in health science and pediatric wellness. She is also an accomplished percussionist and vocalist. Essence Award winner, teacher, and motivational speaker. On behalf of the Chris David Show, Dr. Gaynell Colburn, we celebrate you. And before we go, I usually end the show asking our guests, you know, the time machine question. But since it's the end of the year, I want to ask you guys the $20 question. What did you learn about yourself in 2023? You know, it's funny. You you see the meme, but you're going to like, 
God, I'm not your toughest soldier. I'm done fighting battles, but um, I'll say resilience, resiliency. You know, we all have our personal battles, things happen, but honestly, when a goal gets tough, you just keep going. And knowing that diversity, power through, but also to say pace and grace. Grace was something I had to really learn this year to know that it's okay where I am. I'm, I'm going to get to where I need to be, but in time, enjoy the journey. Give myself the grace that, hey, it's not a two-week process. It might be months, but that's okay. And at the same time, I'll still get the same result. So I learned a couple of different things. One, like uh, from um, from like a work standpoint, you like everybody talks about job security and everything like that, but you don't really want a job that is only going to like, if your job doesn't appreciate you or do anything like that, why do you care if you're secure at a job that doesn't appreciate you or care about you? You know what I mean? So I literally had like at the beginning of the year, I'm, I was at one job. They didn't appreciate me. I left. I was working at another job. They seen the value that I, that they lost and they end up, offering me a bigger compensation and everything like that just to get me back. And that's when I really like looked at it and like, you're way more qualified and you're way more like than you think. Like, I just thought that I'm just a regular guy, your average guy. I'm, I'm, I'm just as replaceable as anybody else. But just because you're replaceable doesn't mean that you lack value. You know what I mean? Anybody can do a job, but not everybody is going to be able to do the job with the certain soft skills that I have. You know what I mean? I know how to talk to people. I know how to interact with people, connect with people. Those are soft skills that not everybody has. Somebody can be just as technical as I am, but not everybody will have that type of skills. Also, another thing is that I am a party animal. My thing is that I can't just take one shot and just be chill about it. I'm going to have to drink half the bottle with you so that I can I want to feel something. What I learned is that because I'm hot and cold, either you're going to, you have to be, if it's going to be like that, then you have to follow it through. If I'm, if I'm going to be responsible and like be focused and things like that, then I can't have partying on my mind or vice versa. If I'm going to party, then make sure that partying is like, you're going to just party and then know when to let the party stop. Cause party has to end at some point you have to get back to, to to reality and stuff like that. It's all good to have a good time, but too much of anything is always a bad thing. So one thing I learned is that like, yeah, I like to drink. I used to drink every day. Like now it's more of like um, of a special occasion type of thing. Like you one, you'll see how your body will feel better and like your weight and everything like that because people love to drink. and. I love to drink too. I'm not shaming nobody. Like if you want to drink every day, that's fine. I drank, I drank two tall boys and a couple of shots a day for months, for months. Like, and was that the best thing? Probably not. Am I sharper now that I'm not drinking as much? Yes. I'm a lot more focused. I'm a lot sharper. Um, I'm a lot more like there mentally. So if you feel that you're going through something a little bit like mental, you don't know why you're in a funk, you don't know what is really going on with you, just take a break from the drink a little bit. Take a take a take a day or two. Maybe, maybe once you stop drinking a little bit, then you'll see maybe where you can maybe it's not the drinking. Maybe it might be like, oh, me drinking on top of me being sad is the reason why I'm really depressed right now. 
You know what I mean? But why are you sad? I'm sad because I have no friends right now. My relationship is not going the right way. My job life is really stressing me out. You know what I mean? Then you're adding drinking or drugs or anything else on top of that. And now you have a whole a whole mixture of different emotions why you don't know why you are where you're at. And then some people lose themselves. Like I lost myself. Like, how did you lose yourself? Like you are, you are always the same person that you always been. So how did you like, where, how can't you find, how can't you find your grounding point? How can't you go back there? And if that's hard for you, then you might need to start, like start cutting back some stuff and seeing where some of those issues lie at. And then you'll be able to grow from that. And that's what I seen. I was able to I was able to put a little bit of the drinking down and the partying down. And then from there, I seen that I'm a lot more focused and I'm a lot more I'm a lot more I'm just a lot better in every aspect, you know. Congratulations on you know pulling it together and figuring that out. Cause we've all been there. We've all been there. With with some things harder, you know, than others. So um I'll keep mine brief. And y'all know I'm really not going to keep it brief, but I'm going to try. Okay, so when I first started this show at the top of the year, I thought things would go differently. I thought my friends would be more supportive of me pursuing my dream. And I thought that people that I've interacted with would be as willing to support me in this film, in this field of human endeavor as I had supported them in theirs. Instead, I was given excuses, I was ghosted, and people who know me pretended to not know me. I learned to really see it for me and everything I'm given. I learned that regardless of what anyone says or does, I am living in the light and the right and the way. And I know what's best for me, my family, my life, and my show. I learned to be kinder to myself and give myself grace because I'm doing my best. I learned not to compromise my comfort I learned to let people be loud and wrong, even when they weren't interested in learning facts, but just being the loudest person in the room. I learned to not let squatters who don't belong dictate how I exist in my space. I learned that only I define my peace, my success, and my happiness. I learned to no longer let others move my goalposts. I learned to leave people alone who don't prioritize facts over foolishness. I learned to stop trying to prove myself to people who were committed to misunderstanding me. I learned that I choose family. I learned that setting boundaries isn't a punishment. I learned to leave old relationships in the past. Don't reach out, don't add, don't message. Just leave them in the past. And if it's meant to be, if it's meant for us to reconnect, we will. But don't go seeking them out. If anything, let them reach out and really reach out via text or call. Not some waving hand emoji or this stupid thing down here. The googly-eyed uh, emoji. I learned that there's always a brand new street to turn on with new people to get to know and build community. I learned I don't have to share spaces or walls with people who steal my joy. I learned not to coddle low-hanging fruit and not to take those seriously who don't take themselves seriously. I learned that people who always have to be right are usually always wrong. I learned that I'd rather be happy all the time than to be right all the time. I learned to embrace peace and joy and that I don't have to hide my happiness out of fear of someone taking it from me because I learned to finally take my own advice for once and not to invest in anyone who doesn't give me interest. I learned that I won 
Might not be the fave, but I won. Lastly, I learned that black don't crack, but we gain weight. Okay. <laughs> and I learned that sativa is the ops. <laughs> oh, but, oh, but I learned more about me in 2023 than in any other year of my life. And I plan to learn even more in 2024. All for the good, all for the better. Kai and Joey, thanks for being here. We're going to do this again because this was a hit. All right? And everyone... Clap it up for our guys, Joey Black, a.k.a. Joey the Heckler, and our official Chris David Show mixologist, Mr. Joey Bastin, and your favorite person's favorite person, Champagne Cola Poppy. Wait a minute. I have it all written down. Look, I, I got it all here. Champagne Cola Poppy, the Chunky Jaden Smith, Black Kina, Supreme Kai, LL Cool K, Mr. Kai Thomas. All right? I like the Supreme oh, Kai. I'm like, I, I like all it. of them, man. I was like, I got to see. I'm just, I, I was going to try to pick one, but I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to read the whole list. <laughs> I am your host, Chris David, the light-skinned Malcolm Jamal Warner, the hood Lenny Kravitz, the Afro-futuristic magical Negro version of Joan Hamburg. We are a vibe. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. I need to make an announcement. Wait a minute. I need to make an announcement. So here's the deal. I am so impressed with how you guys helped me with those questions earlier in the show that I'm pleased to announce that in 2024, the Chris David Show will be starting a new segment during our men's discussion panel called Ask the Guys. So send in your questions for that. Info at thechrisdavidshow.com. Remember to put Ask the Guys in the subject line and send in those sex coach questions as well. Thanks for listening and watching. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your baby daddy, tell your boyfriend, tell your sister, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your doctor, tell everyone who wants or has a BBL and a BBL or both to follow us on Instagram at Chris David TV and follow our show at the Chris David Show on Instagram and YouTube. You can also visit ChrisDavidShow.com. There you'll find everything you need to know about the show. Be safe and be smart out there in those Black Friday streets. I am Chris David, and this is The Chris David Show. Be kind and be well.